Everybody talking about Anthony Cohen. Everybody talking about Anthony Cohen. Everybody talking about Anthony Cohen. Only through Christ do you go to life. Only through Christ. There's no salvation in any other than Christ. Anything that imposes works, ceremonies, religious duties, moral accomplishments as a necessity for salvation is part of the broad road. It has many names, and they all say it goes to heaven, but they lie. It goes to hell. Anything other than Christianity takes you to hell. Can't get on the road to heaven unless you go through the gate, and the gate is whom? Jesus Christ. There isn't any other way. If you want to go to heaven, there's one gate. Greetings, everyone. This is Marcus Staples, your servant in Jesus Christ, coming to you with another edition of Unpacking the Theology, the show that unpacks the reason behind the rhyme at Christian hip hop. On today's show, we're going to be unpacking Decipher's track "Heaven" from his album Rap. Now, as you heard at the beginning in the intro, this song starts with a quote from a John MacArthur sermon. While I couldn't find the sermon itself, I did find a sermon on this very same topic that he does give, and it is linked in the podcast description. But what this song is, is a description of that sermon or the quotes that you're going to hear both at the beginning and at the end. So if you have the time, go check out that sermon. But in the meantime, we're going to hit the scriptures to get our verse for this episode. It's going to come to us out of Matthew chapter 7. We're going to be reading verses 21 through 23. It goes, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This verse is a great overview of the song as a whole. The idea and the concept behind it is everybody who claims that they're going to heaven or everybody who claims that they're Christians or believers in God aren't what they appear to be. And that's exactly what's going on with these people in this verse that are going to approach Jesus on the day of judgment. And they're going to say, well, we claimed your name and we've done things in your name. You know, we've gone out and fed the the hungry, we've evangelized, we've uh, held big prayer meetings and stuff, all for you. And Jesus is going to look at him and say, I never knew you. It's because those people who are claiming Christ don't have true repentant faith. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about works-based salvation here. I'm not saying you have to do X or you have to do Y to be saved. But if we look at James 2, we can see that faith in itself produces a certain type of work in a in the life of a Christian. And so it's not by works that we're saved, it is truly by faith. And those people who claim they have all sorts of works are lacking the key ingredient of faith. Whereas a true believer has both faith and works. But we're not going to delve into that right now. We're just going to go through this song. And I'm almost going to do a line-by-line exposition of it. Though I'm not going to be reading the lyrics themselves. They are linked in the description for this episode, so you can check them out there. But we're going to go through it. So what is Decipher trying to get across in this song? Well, he starts off by stating how the heart is evil. And that's definitely nothing new. We've been like this since Adam and Eve fell in the garden. The thing is, we don't see our wickedness as hatred towards God. When that's really what it is. 
See, we're so enslaved to sin, and we were born in such a state that's enslaved to sin, that our wickedness to us isn't a big deal. Or even worse, our wickedness isn't wickedness. We don't understand or we don't want to accept that every little sin we do is actually showing hatred towards God. Because God cannot coexist with sin. But then you can mix in the people who go to church and they're like, yeah, I'm in. Well, they do that on Sunday. And then on Monday, they're looking exactly like the world. And what makes it even worse is when they're in church on Sunday and the pastor's not even preaching the full gospel. So they think they're okay and they think they're doing things right because they're not getting sin and grace preached to them every week. Decipher lays this on hard and he doesn't stop at verse 1. In verse 2, he again restates that wickedness is our default. And it's so bad that we don't even care that we're building up the wrath of God. Romans 1.18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. All. Not some unrighteousness or some ungodliness. But all ungodliness is what's building up the wrath of God. Instead of accepting this, we make up our own versions of God who will accept our sin. See, we make a God who would overlook, you know, the little sins, maybe the internal sins that aren't harming anybody. You know, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else, it's okay for me to do. Or they say, oh, well, my God would accept homosexuals. Or my God would let everyone into heaven because he's so loving. Well, that's not God at all. That's your own version. That's your own idol. And that's definitely ungodliness. When we do that, we're making ourselves into the judge. We're not making God the judge. And God reveals himself and his standards in the Bible. And when we go against that or we try to minimize that, we're building up an idol for ourselves. We're saying that we know better than what God's word says. And the world can definitely see that. They definitely see the hypocrisy in Christians when we go that way. So is sin not such a big deal? Can we take the good things and ignore the little bad things we do? Or can we do more good than bad and that pretty much outweighs it? Well, what does God's word say? Does God's word say that he accepts sin or does it say that God is unchangeable and he opposes sin? Just because we're modern and we're enlightened and we're smarter than we were 2,000 years ago, does that mean that God has changed along with us or that we have evolved past how God has revealed himself in scripture? No way. Decipher uses this is Decipher uses an example of a quote-unquote good man at his funeral. People call him good because at his funeral people want to see him in the light of good, you know, they want to say he's gone to a better place. But the type of man that he describes is someone who was high all the time, who had a wife and a girlfriend, who spends time with his friends instead of time with his family. So when he dies from gang violence, what do we say? Do we want to highlight those things and highlight that sin? No. We want to make it sound better and good, like, oh, he had a good heart. Well, a good heart produces good fruit, and a good heart's only given to us by God. So someone who's living like that, definitely, definitely, is definitely not a good man. His example is showing that instead of confronting sin and calling it what it is, we want to downplay it. And we can't downplay sin, because the Bible doesn't downplay sin. Now, everybody seems to think they have it going off. Even those popular people on TV claim that they know God and, and they got it all down. And we just agree with them and go along with them because, what, they're rich, they're famous, they're popular, they're entertainers, they're well-known. But the moment somebody disses God, we get on them and we're like, whoa. But we don't even investigate 
the claims of the people who are rich and famous who make their claims about God anyway. We accept them because, oh, look, a famous person who says God on TV. When those people are saying stuff that's just as bad, if not worse, than the people who are denying God blatantly. In fact, those people who are claiming a false God are leading people astray, and I would argue are worse than the people who are denying God in the first place. And Decipher keeps going on in the third verse, and he hits it hard. He points out how we think we're just plain good enough and that we've earned God's favor. But we do this by suppressing conviction due to our greed and our definition of good, as I said earlier, becomes relative. But what does it mean to be clothed in Christ? Romans 13, 14 says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So when we put on Christ, that means we're putting aside the things our flesh desires. That we're putting aside things like a love of money and our uncontrollable sexual desires, for example. Or putting aside our greed, and putting aside our idolatry, for the sake of Christ. But are people who call themselves Christian putting these things aside, or are they becoming Christians to earn these things? Are you coming to God so he can pay your bills? Are you coming to God so he can heal your sick body? Or are you coming to God because you're convicted of your sins and you need his righteousness? So if God is good and he's good all the time, what does that mean for us sinful men if good cannot coexist with evil and sin is evil? If God is light and in him there is no darkness and we're sinful, how can we be in that light? 1 John 1, 5 and 6 says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. If God really is the way, the truth, and the life, what does it mean for us who lie and deceive and who consistently choose our way over God's way? If God is the only way for men to be saved, and then what use is repeating a prayer if you have no conviction in your heart, if you don't see your need for a savior? See, many claim that they are good Christians, but when contrasted by biblical standards, they fall short, and it becomes clear that their standards are completely and utterly relative. Luke 9, 23-25 says, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits himself? See, if we're to become Christians, if we're to come to God, we must deny ourselves, and we must submit ourselves to the biblical standard. We must recognize sin for what it is and call it for what it is. We must turn to God for salvation. I'm going to close with one final scripture. It's out of Matthew chapter 7. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. So that's the end of this track. I hope this has challenged you and encouraged you to take a look at the world around us, and not to believe that everybody who says the name of Jesus is truly a Christian, but to examine their life and examine their doctrine, and compare it with Scripture examine your own life and compare it with scripture. Decipher does this all over his album rep. Go check it out. You can find a link to purchase it on our website, unpackingthetheology.wordpress.com or in the podcast feed. As always, if you have any songs that you would like us to unpack, 
please drop us a line on Google Plus or Facebook.com forward slash Unpacking the Theology. We hope you can join us for our next unpack. Thank you and God bless. And look at the world around you. What makes people do what they do? It all comes from inside of them. It's the desire to have all their passions fulfilled. It's the desire to have all their visions realized. They see a more beautiful this or a more beautiful that or a fancier this or a fancier that. And they want it. They're driven by these passions. The longing for honor, acceptance, prestige, prominence, power, influence, affection, respect, pride. That's that's people's lives. That's the way they live. That is their world.